right. Praise the Lord, everybody. How we doing on Sunday night? Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, we don't normally live stream Sunday nights, but we're going to go ahead and do that tonight for all those that can't be here with us so they can still hear the word of God. Amen. Who had a good time this morning? We had a great, I was so happy, man. So many people were blessed. It was an awesome service. And we know that, uh, that the next, uh, man, we're just in a good flow and a good season at High Desert Word Center. So let's go ahead and stand up tonight and we are going to speak some words of faith. Over the United States of America. Amen. Because America is coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church and school and every town, city and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus name, amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, we got a few announcements to go over here. And of course, hey, December was super busy and, and, uh, and action packed. And so we had a great time there, but the new year is off to a fantastic start also. Uh, first of all, just quick reminder that we are doing a monthly bulletin again that we're printing every week. So you got something in writing in your hand to keep up with everything. So make sure you grab one uh, from the back if you need one. And also, uh, the women's meeting will be Friday, January 14th at 630. I believe that's this Friday. So it is a salad pitch-in uh, thing. So it brings some salads and fun things like that. Uh, you know, a lot of times I hear what you ladies are having. I'm like, I think I'll go. But when I heard salad, I'm like, I'm good. I'll pass. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll uh, we'll do taco night with the boys or something. But anyway, so uh, I won't be there this time. Uh, but praise God, you ladies have a fantastic time Friday at 630. Uh, young wives and moms will be Saturday, January 22nd. 11 a.m. at Jenny's Restaurant. And so you ladies, uh, young wives and moms going to have a great time. It's uh, no kids this time. It's kid-free time. So grab a babysitter and just go out and have a good time of encouragement with other moms. And uh, you all just, you know, do your thing. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, membership class is coming up. Amen. And that's going to be on Sunday, January 23rd. 4 to 7 p.m. And I, I know uh, we've got a lot of you already signed up. In fact, I mean, this is, I've already got two pages of names here. So this is going to be a huge membership class, which is great news because it means the church is growing, right? It means more people are coming to Jesus. So we're going to have to get another paper on here because we're running out of spot. I even had people from Facebook that couldn't be here today that were messaging me. Hey, I want to go to membership class. So we've gotten even more names from online that are going to be here for that. So praise God. It's a good sign when people are joining the church and growing in Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. And we're going to go ahead and do our Sunday night tithes and offerings. Pastor, come on up. We'll have you uh, do our Sunday night tithes and offerings. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. This, this could be a part of the sad bunch. Are we the sad bunch? Or are we the spiritually wild bunch? 
Ain't bad. You ever hear the Wild Bunch of that Cowboy Show? We're the spiritually Wild Bunch for Jesus. All right, need an envelope, raise up your hand, and somebody will be glad to serve you. And look at Psalms 35, verse 27. Psalms 35, verse 27. One of our main verses for how we believe about money around here and for offerings and things. How many believe the Bible? Amen. And how many like to be in agreement with God? All right. You know, I always like to look at it this way. The Holy Spirit inspired the words of this Bible. And I've got the same Holy Spirit. And so just just as uh, these words were written thousands of years ago and people obeyed them then, I think we ought to obey them now. What do you think? Oh. Did I just hear one, one believer here? I said, did you find everything he's looking at at Stater's Brothers? I saw you circle the parking lot. I was sitting there. I was waving at you by faith, but you didn't see me. Oh, you had your mask. Was it on your eyes too? <laughs> I, I still can't hear you with the mask. That's okay. I've learned to listen, listen through mask ears. All right. Psalms 35, verse 27 says, let them pout. Let them do without. No, let them what? Shout for what? And be sad. Oh, and be mad. I got clean my glasses. What's that say? Oh, I got I got the King James version. That was the religious version I was reading. <laughs> Trip on your bottom lip because you're so sad. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my what? Righteous cause. I know that when I was a boy, I went to the Baptist church with Grandma Price. By the way, Grandma Price turned 122 years old on the 6th of January. She was still here. Didn't quite make it that far. She only made it to 95. But she was shouting up 95 as a born-again Baptist that loved Jesus. Amen. But it's, it says, I favor my righteous cause. And I remember the Baptist. I don't know if they still have this phrase. They had this phrase all the time. For the cause of Christ. For the, anybody ever heard that? The cause of Christ. For the cause of Christ. So what's God's righteous cause for people to know Christ? That's a sight for healed eyes. <laughs> Robert Susan, welcome back. Everybody give them a hand. Hey, back. Good to be here. Hallelujah. No, yo, you stopped it. Stop, stop and think about what this verse says. It says, if you favor the cause of Christ, you're supposed to shout for joy. And you're supposed to be glad. Amen. So let's shout for joy. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're a soul winning church. Amen. People get born again at this altar. People get born again in your houses, on your job sites, even out in the alfalfa fields, don't they, Dave? Amen. Wherever we're at, people are going to get saved because we're in favor of people knowing Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Amen. But I like what else the Holy Spirit said. He said, I'd be glad uh, that we favor that cause and say continually. You know what? Confession is what Christianity is all about. What we say. We have what we say. And so even in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit said, be saying continually that the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the poverty of his servants. Wow. It says that we are supposed to be saying continually that God gets blessed, but we get blessed. It says that we're supposed to be saying that I'm going to give God pleasure and I'm going to prosper. Because God gets pleasure when we prosper. 
and that God tells His way. Be people that always joyfully give 10% to Him. And then with the opportunity to present itself, be a blessing to others. Amen. And you know, you know I learned, I learned a long time ago in my poor days that if we didn't give when we were poor, we'd never get rich enough to give more. And so I learned, I learned as a young Christian that it wasn't the amount, it was the heart, what I could do for where I was. And then I come to find out the more I was faithful to where I was, the more I gave as I grew. And the more that I gave, the more I grew. The more I grew, the more I gave. Because of the prosperity part that God wants. God wants to be able to look at the church like Pastor Dave talked about today in preaching. He wants us to be able to be a blessing, not just to the people of our church, but to the people of the town, to the people of the world. God wants to be able to have believers at churches that he can tap on the shoulder and say, Excuse me, Doug, uh, you know that pocket that, that you reach into to give me money? Open up your pocket. i got to put some more in it now because I need to ask you to give more. You know your pocket that God's hands a two-way street? If you don't reach in your pocket to give to him, then that means your pocket's sold up and he can't reach in to give you. Amen. Amen. It's a two-way street. He just wants access to the pocket. Sometimes, sometimes he wants you to take some out. Sometimes he wants to put one, some in. But I found out that he puts more in than we take out. You ever find that out? Amen. So that's, that's why we can shout for joy and cause this, call this happy time. Because we're making God happy. And I'll tell you what, if he gets happy, I get happy. Amen. And it says that my tongue shall speak. My tongue shall speak. That's what faith is all about. Our tongue speaking of thy righteousness, of thy praise all the day long. That's why we like to give testimonies when God blesses us and we're not ashamed when he prospers us because it's his will. Prosperity is part of the covenant. Did you know that? Amen. We know it now, don't we? Well, let's make our financial faith confession. And like I said this morning, even if you give online and you're bringing nothing up, you've already gave, you'll be given online. Walk up the altar anyway because that's a holy place of God. As you're walking up, just be saying, I want to thank you, Lord. I gave that this morning online, or I gave that yesterday. You're not going to get paid Wednesday. I'm going to give that Wednesday. I want to thank you right now, Lord. As I'm faithful to tithe, I want to thank you for how faithful you've been. I want to thank you, Jesus, last week you caused that good deal to happen that nobody could believe, but I could. And I want to thank you you did that. And, Lord, I know this crisis I'm facing right now, I know where you're at. Just like those three children in the fiery furnace, Jesus, you're in here with me. And I know, I know you're going to rebuke the devourer this week, Lord. I want to thank you for that. I'll tell you what, that's called faith. And you're walking in faith, you're pleasing who? And he's the rewarder of who? But what's the walk in faith? Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession, break our tithes and offerings up, and we'll have a good time tonight because I know that Pastor David is going to bless us. Amen. You ready? Let's stand up. As we bring the Lord's tithe, I give offerings today. We believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family. Give dreams in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
together. I wander through the darkness, a wasting away. My soul was cold and hopeless, dead in the grave. Like a river of life in a driving, like a flicker of sight to a blind man. I saw the glorious light. As it broken, God of mercy and might, oh, you brought me back to life. You're the Lord of light, shining in the dark. You're the source of light, beating in my heart. You're the living hope, you're the risen Christ. You restored my soul, oh, you brought me back to life. The brilliance of your glory awakens my soul. You give me grace and mercy, I give you control. Like a river of life in a dry land, like a flicker of sight to a blind man, I saw the glorious light. As it broken, God of mercy and might, oh, you brought me back to life. You're the Lord of light, shining in the dark. You're the source of life, beating in my heart. You're the living hope, you're the risen Christ. You restore my soul, oh, you brought me back to life. You're the Lord of light, shining in the dark. You're the source of life, beating in my heart. You're the living hope, you're the risen Christ. You restored my soul, oh, you brought me back to life. You are the resurrector, you conquered the grave. You pulled me from the water, free from my chains, and risen to live. Like a river of life in a dry land, like a flicker of sight to a blind man. I saw the glorious light as it broke in. God of mercy and might, oh, you brought me back to life. You're the Lord of life. Shining in the dark, you're the source of life, beating in my heart. You're the living hope, you're the risen Christ. You restore my soul, oh, you brought me back to life. See, you are, you are the resurrector, you conquered the grave. You pulled me from the water, free from my chains, and risen to live. Like a river of life in a dry land, like a flicker of sight to 
were burning I saw the glorious light As it broke in God of mercy and might Oh, you brought me back to life You're the Lord of light Shining in the dark You're the source of life Beating in my heart You're the living hope You're the risen Christ You restored my soul Oh, you brought me back to life Things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. The things that we thought were dead are breathing in life again you cause your sun to shine on darkest night for all that you've done we will out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus we love you oh how we love you you are the one our hearts adore the hopeless have found their hope the orphans now have a home all that was lost has found its place in You lift our weary heads You make us strong Instead You took these rags And you made us beautiful All that you've done we will will be our anthem song. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Love you.
we do love you and we thank you for your sweet presence that is in this house tonight father we love you we thank you so much for allowing us to come into your presence you said that we could come boldly under the throne of grace and receive the favor and the help that we need in our time of need father and we thank you that you allow us into your presence because of the blood and sacrifice of jesus we lift your name high tonight, and Lord, we ask you to have your way. Speak to us, God. Teach us. Show us what we need to see, Lord. We thank you that 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 we are growing in our faith. We're growing in our knowledge of you. And we have the mind of Christ, and the wisdom of God is formed within us. We love you, Jesus. Our hearts are open. Have your way. 
Do what you want to do tonight, Lord. Speak to us and change us for your glory. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may be seated this evening. We are going to get into the word of God tonight. And uh, and I've got a teaching for you. Got to, this will be more of a teaching than a preaching. And I... Um, Really, I had, again, I don't know why I keep telling you all this. I'm, you know, I'm just being way transparent. <laughs> um, I, I had a whole other sermon and then like, I mean, uh, about 4.40, God was like, I was actually, I was washing some dishes, getting ready for church and, uh, and I'm like, no, somebody needs to hear this. So, I mean, I sat down and, and, and this is like just fresh. Okay. That God just spoke a lot of this to me about, you know, an hour and a half ago. And, uh, and so I'm, what I'm talking about tonight is how to hear the voice of God. How to hear the voice of God. And actually, you know, even in changing everything up an hour and a half ago, that's because I've grown to know the voice of God. And when he's saying, no, I need you to do something different, I've learned that, hey, do something different. Don't do your way, do his way. And so what we're discussing tonight is how to hear the voice of God. Christians need to know the voice of God. There's a lot of voices trying to speak to you today. There's there's voices, more voices than ever. And if we're not wise, if we're not, uh, you know, being led by the Spirit of God, we will give access to all these voices, you know, from social media and the internet and the news and your sometimes ungodly friends that you don't have no business listening to their opinion and advice on things. But there are more voices and people and things trying to speak into your life today more than ever before. And so it is essential in 2022 as an end times believer that you know how to hear the voice of God and you know how to tune out all the other voices that are trying to get your attention. And if you're not sensitive to the things of God, you'll hear things and confuse them for the voice of God. And they're not. And I even hear people say things that sound I mean, people post memes on the Internet and and all these things and they sound good. But they aren't necessarily scriptural. And you need to be able to discern between what's just good and inspiration and what's the actual voice of God for your life. And what I'm going to do tonight is show you some ways that you can hear the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God the Father, the voice of Jesus speaking to you. And 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 I believe that if you'll pay attention and listen tonight, that you're going to hear some things that you need to hear, all right? And so Let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get into the Word tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much that we have your Word to turn to. We have your Holy Word to read and study, God, that can that can light up the path before us and show us what is right and true. And God, I pray that as we listen to you tonight, as we are receptive to your Word, you are going to strengthen us and encourage us, uh, instruct us, correct us if we need corrected, Lord. And we thank you that uh, for your glory, we're changing better tonight. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? All right, Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs 20 and verse 27 in the New King James. Proverbs 20 and verse 27, amen, and the New King James. Now, this is a verse when Katie and I went, Pastor Katie and I went to Rhema Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Technically, it's Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, but anyway, we uh, uh, we we got there about a year, 
close to two years after Brother Kenneth Hagin died. Uh, he died in 2003, and we started school in 2005. And, uh, I mean, you know, if I could have just been a couple years older, I could have literally sat at his feet, <laughs> but it's all good. So, but one thing they did was some of the essential classes that they wanted you to still hear from him, um, they, they, they would give us video classes on it. And one of the classes uh, was how to be led by the Spirit of God or how to hear uh, from the Spirit of God. And he, every day, man, for the whole class, this was his opening verse, Proverbs 20, 27. And, and, the, and the King James, and even sometimes the New King James, it, 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 I didn't fully grasp. The, it was a little bit confusing to me uh, for several weeks, really, into the class until it, 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 I finally got a hold of this. But in, uh, in the King James, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. But I'm going to read it here in the New King James. It says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord or the lamp of the Lord. And and I, I heard that time and time again, and I'm like, okay, that's great, but what does that even mean? And what this means is your spirit is where God is going to light things up and illuminate his truth. He's going to speak to and light up and communicate to the spirit of man. He's not going to come in and communicate necessarily to your head because your head, it can't grasp the things of God. They're too big and too wonderful. And your mind, if you're relying on your mind and your intellect, I don't care how smart you are, you do not have a big enough brain and mind to even begin to comprehend the things of God. But your spirit, that's the candle, the lamp of the Lord. That's where God is going to light up what he's trying to get across to you, to your spirit. And that's why it's so important that we keep we keep our our uh, our spirits in tune with the word of God because that's where He's going to speak. He's not coming to. Uh, I'll get into this a little bit more, but He's not probably not going to appear to you physically in your life. It could happen, but He is probably not going to appear to you and just straight out speak to you audibly and physically and shake your hand. And, I mean, with God, all things are possible, but it's probably not happening to you. He's going to speak to your spirit. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to talk about a few ways that the Lord speaks to you today in 2022. And uh, and again, we're talking about he speaks and communicates to your spirit. And that's why we have to trust God, it says, with all of our heart. Well, you've been here long enough and heard us teach enough that your heart and your spirit, those are synonymous words in the Bible. Whenever God says, you know, trust the Lord with all of your heart, it's not talking about the organ in your chest. It's talking about trust the Lord with all of your spirit. And, and so spirit and heart are interchangeable synonymous words throughout most of scripture, unless it's, you know, straight up talking about your blood pump, but most of the time it's talking about your spirit. And so that's where God is going to speak to you and illuminate things and light things up is to your spirit. And so here's a few ways the Lord speaks to you. Number one, through his word. Number one, God is going to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through the word of God. And so let's look at a verse here in Psalm 119, Psalm 119. 
I love Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, and it is just a really, really good chapter. And it's all about how much David loves the Word of God. Psalm 119, and we're going to look at verse 105. Psalm 119 and verse 105. And the Lord, He uses His Word to light things up for you and illuminate and communicate to you. You know, I know back in the day, especially on the East Coast, I guess it probably happened out here on the West Coast, but all the, you go out there and you see all these big lighthouses right along the coast, right? And, and they would send out signals through the, by light to communicate to the ships. And, and, and that was, they were communicating via a lamp or a light back in the day. And that's how they were sending signals. Well, your spirit is how the Lord lights things up to you. Psalm 119, Verse 105 in the New King James, Psalm 119, 105, New King James. And it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And if you've ever been out in the woods when it's real dark, you appreciate having a lamp or a light to show you the way in front of you. And that's what God's word does. We live in a dark world. We live in a, it's a pretty crazy world. And, and you know, and as, as it's, it's said, man, it just seems like it's getting darker and darker out there. But for the people of God, if you will be in tune with his word and with his spirit, it lights up the path in front of you. Others are stumbling. Others are falling. Others are losing their way. But you are just following exactly the path that you need to be on because his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light for your path. And this is a huge way that the Lord has led me all throughout my life. I cannot tell you how many times God has led me right to a verse that either confirmed in my heart the right way to go, what I was already kind of sensing, or maybe it just spelled it out for me plainly so I could see what it was I was supposed to do. And also, many, many times... In a church service, the pastor or the preacher has shared a verse and like, boom, it was God speaking directly to me. Make no mistake about it. One of the number one ways that God's going to speak to you is through his word. And if you don't ever read the word, don't come and tell me, man, Pastor Dave, I just, I don't ever hear from God. I don't know what to do. It's like all these people talk about hearing from God all the time. I never hear from God. Well, if you never read his word, you're cutting off one of his main uh, channels of communication to you. I hear from God every single day. And I'm not just saying that, you know, casually or flippantly, literally, I hear from God 365 days a year. And it's through his word every single day. It may be something I've read, you know, a thousand times, but man, just sometimes, some mornings, boom, I see this verse like, man, thank you, Jesus. That is exactly what I need to hear and exactly what I need to know right now. God's word leads you and speaks to you. I remember one night we were having a Sunday night prayer in here. This was several years ago. And brother Dylan, uh, came up and, and we would have the mic up here. People could come and, and, and share something as we were praying. And brother Dylan came up and he's like, I just feel like someone needs to hear Psalm 27 as, as we're praying. And usually, you know, seems like that's someone in the crowd like, Hey, I needed to hear Psalm 27 that night and hearing there were things in Psalm 27, which I've read a thousand times without exaggeration, but there were some things that I just 
gut that night that I had not gotten before, and it clearly gave me the instruction and direction that I needed for that chapter of my life. Psalm 27. And so what I'm telling you is you are going to hear the voice of God. And and one of the main ways that he speaks to you is absolutely through his word. Now, God's word also will help you balance out things that you may be thinking or hearing. You know, for instance, if, if God's leading you a certain, if you feel like God's leading you a certain direction, but it doesn't line up with the scripture, you know, well, that must not be God. <laughs> and people come up like, man, I really feel God uh, uh, leading me this way. And it, well, brother, I, I understand that's what you feel, but that doesn't line up with the Bible. So that couldn't possibly be God because he's not going to tell you to do something that contradicts what his word already says. You know, and I've used this example, but it's it's one of the biggest ones I see. I cannot tell you how many people I have seen over the years, man, God has opened up the door for a new job. Whoa, I mean, this has got to be God. It pays this much an hour. It's great. The only downside is that I I can't go to church anymore because my schedule is every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I won't be in church anymore, but it's got to be God. It's $10, $15 an hour more. How could it not be God? Really? Really? You ought to know by now that nothing that God gives you is going to lead you away from church and from the Christian family. It's going to lead you closer to church and the Christian family. That's not God. Oh, brother, well, you know, I think I found the, the wife for me. I, you know, I'm going to start dating this girl and I believe she's my wife. I feel God telling me she's my wife. No, she's not a Christian. Okay. But I really feel this is the one. God is not going to lead you to date somebody that's not a Christian. And he's certainly not going to lead you to marry someone that's not a born again Christian. Now, I understand there's instances where, you know, you got married back in the day and, and now one of you got saved and the other one. God's not telling you to leave that person for sure. On the contrary, Peter says to win them over to Jesus with your good behavior. But know this much, if you're a born again sold out Christian, there's not a chance in the world that he's telling you to go date and connect with somebody that's not a Christian. Second uh, Corinthians 6, 14 says, do not be unequally yoked or do not hook up. Do not join yourself together with unbelievers. That's 2 Corinthians 6, 14. The scripture clearly tells you to not connect and team up and join up with unbelievers. <clears throat> So there's no way in the world that God is going to tell you to go and do that. That's not God. That's your emotions. That's your flesh. That's your eyes because she looks good. But check it out. That is not the voice of God because his voice will always line up with his word. Look at this. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Amen. So again, tonight's more of a teaching session, not, not as much preaching and hollering. But Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that one of the main ways that God is going to speak to you is through his word. And if you don't ever read his word, listen to his word, get in line with his word, don't expect to be hearing a bunch of stuff from the Lord. But on the contrary, you probably will hear a bunch of deceptive voices and spirits and things that can easily lead you astray. If you don't know what the Bible says, it's real easy to confuse you and lead you astray and make you think that God's saying something that he's actually not. We've got to, we've got to take his word seriously. Hebrews 4 
in verse 12. I'm in the NLT on this. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's a lot in one verse right there. But the word of God is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Notice what it says here. It cuts. It divides between soul, which is your emotions and your mind and intellect, and your spirit, which is the real you, your heart. And so the word of God, it'll cut and divide and make a distinction between what's just your emotions And what is your spirit? It divides between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And sometimes we're like, well, I don't want those exposed because I don't want those messed with. Well, the word of God will expose those to you because it lights it up to you and and, and it'll show you, hey, I need to change some of this. This isn't the right direction. But I'm telling you clearly and, and, and absolutely firmly tonight that one of the main ways that the Lord will speak to you is through his word. And if there's something else speaking to you and it doesn't line up with the Bible, it is wrong. Amen. Number two, talking about ways that the, the Lord will speak to you, that he'll speak to you through another believer. He'll speak to you through another believer. You're like, well, the, that sounds a little bit different. Well, no, no, check it out. God will use other believers to speak into your life. And, 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 and man, God uses a, a, a submitted, born again, spirit filled Christian to speak and be his mouthpiece sometimes. You know, what, what does God use when we come to church? He, he'll speak through the pastor or the, or the preacher or whoever's speaking that day through the word of God to get your attention, right? And he'll even speak through other believers. Check this out. First Corinthians 14.3. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, we're talking here about the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, believe in all those things, practice all those things, we do all those things. But 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to look here at verse 3, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, and, and check this out. This is talking about uh, prophecy. This is talking about prophecy. And you're like, well, I'm not called to be a prophet. You don't have to walk in the office of prophet to prophesy. Because what I found out is most people don't have a very uh, good understanding of what prophecy is in the New Testament. When I when I say prophecy or prophesy, uh, most people think of, you know, predicting the future or something like that, or, and you know, the Old Testament prophets, and, uh, and God used the Old Testament prophets, yes, and even, even in the New Testament to tell a lot of the future, but what I'm talking about right here is really the New Testament gift of prophecy, and what God will use us in a lot of times, and, uh, in fact, uh, verse one of this says that everyone should, uh, desire the ability to prophesy, but look at verse three in the NLT, First Corinthians 14, verse 3. So prophecy is this, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. One who prophesies, what do they do? They strengthen others, encourage them, and comfort them. And, and it says we should all desire to be used by God that way. Who in here that you, you'd like to strengthen others? 
Yeah, you don't, you want to, you know, do you want to be a downer to everybody you're around? I don't. You want to encourage others and comfort others? This is, this is what prophecy does. And you know, someone come up and like, brother, I've got a prophecy for you. I got to tell you now, man, it's doom and gloom. It's bad. And God's so mad at you and God's going to do this to you and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, according to the New Testament scripture, that's not prophecy. What is it you're talking about? Because prophecy and the New Testament uh, gift right here is a strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Now, if you look at the nine gifts of the Spirit, there is the word of wisdom. And yes, sometimes God would speak through somebody in the word of wisdom and say, Hey, I see that God's getting your attention here. That this, I see this in your future if you don't get some things changed. Yeah, that could happen. But prophecy is strengthening, encouraging, and comforting to the body of Christ. And God can speak through one of your fellow Christians to get your attention that way and, uh, and, and, and help you get some direction. And, you know, I'll say this, that in my life, God has used my pastor, my dad in this case, <laughs> so many times uh, uh, to help me hear the voice of God on decisions. Now, ultimately... We're all responsible for our own life. You know, uh, Philippians says we're each responsible for our own conduct. But God can use wise Christians to help you see and hear things from the spirit that you need to see and hear. And that's that's another great reason to be a part of a church. Because you need other positive Christians around you. You need a pastor to be able to go to and say, hey, I'm, you know, what do you, what do you see on this? What do you think about this? You need those people in your life to be able to help you, uh, hear the voice of God. Uh, amen. But ultimately you're responsible. I'm not turning there, but Proverbs 11:14 says that, uh, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And the multitude of count, that's talking about godly counselors. That's talking about godly, wise people. And the multitude of good, godly, wise counselors, there is safety. Now, so many people, you know, well, the multitude of counselors, they'll just go and listen to anybody and everybody running around. I'm not going around. If you're not successful, I don't want your advice. You know what I mean? That may sound mean, but I don't want your money advice if you don't have any money and you're bankrupt. Why would I want to listen to you? I don't want your parenting advice if you did a really bad job with your kids. I don't want your marriage advice if you did a you don't have a good marriage. But in the multitude of wise, godly counselors, you need that in your life. Now, it's not their job to absolutely be the voice of God in your life, but it's a really good thing to be surrounded by godly Christians that have some good godly fruit. You, you know, Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. If you are bearing good fruit for Jesus, yeah, I want to hear what you've got to say. You've, you, obviously, you've got something going for you. And in the multitude of those counselors, there is safety. There is wisdom. Amen? All right. And so I'm going to put this on my list tonight, but I'm going to have to explain it. Okay. Uh, and so we're talking about ways that you can hear the voice of God and God speaking to you. Well, one is absolutely through his word. Amen. Another way is through other believers. I'm putting this on here with an asterisk by it because I need to explain it. I am going to say number three through the audible voice of God. Now, 
I, I have to explain this. I believe that this is probably the least likely way that God will speak to you, but it is possible. Um, you know, I, I, being a Christian all these years, I've never physically heard the voice of God and I'm fine with that. I don't have to hear that for me to believe. Uh, you know, as a parent, do you like it when you can just say, Hey kids, I need you to do this and they do it. Or do you, do you like it when you have to yell at the top of your voice? You will listen. No, I tried to, (laughs) but do you like that mom and dad or do you like it? Usually if it reaches a level 11 on the volume scale, it's because they're being a thick headed dummy and there's no other way to get their attention. And so (laughs) <laughs> and I was just thinking about this. I, you know, I've talked about this and, and I, nearly, nearly every time, you know, I'm not being mean, but I remember one time specifically, I was like, it's unlikely that God's going to speak to you this way. The, one of the first people that comes up to me after, man, I, I can tell you that I have several times heard the audible voice of God. And I'm like, this guy has the worst fruit of any Christian I know. One, I mean, I'm not being mean, but probably just one of the worst Christians examples that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, well, if you're hearing the audible voice, do you listen to it any of these times? Most of the people that tell me that they hear the audible voice of God are people that uh, that are just are not consistent Christians. And so I'm, if they're if they really are hearing the voice of God, I'm telling you, you better listen next time because he's clearly he can't get through to you any other way. Apparently that he's going to yell at you audibly and you still aren't listening. And so why is it that God is most often not going to speak through us? Because it doesn't take faith to hear God that way. Uh, uh, without faith, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we are called to also walk by faith, not by sight or our senses. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We are called to walk by faith, And not by sight, or I would say our senses, God's best way is that he can speak to you and you trust him and listen and hear without having to see it, without having to taste it and feel it and even uh, audibly hear it. Now, there are, again, times where God will use that method to get through to somebody, but most of the time, that's not the case. And, you know, in the Old Testament, you see a lot of times people did hear the audible voice of God, but I've got an insider's tip for you. You have an advantage over all those people in the Old Testament. Some people do not get this. People today are saying, hey, man, oh, what it would have been like to live in Moses' day. What it would have been like to be there with Joshua and, and Daniel. And you know what they're up in heaven saying? Man, can you imagine what it would be like to be on earth and have the Holy Spirit live directly inside of you? They didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. That happened in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit was poured out. They didn't have, they had to go to the priest sometimes or they had to, I mean, they had all sorts of stuff. You have a monumental advantage. You have the entirety of the written word of God, 66 books of scripture called the Holy Bible. And you also have the spirit of God on the inside of you. So we're sitting here saying, man, what it would have been like to live back then. Can you imagine what what those guys would have accomplished even now if they had the advantages that you have? Don't think it was better back then. Really, 
it's really good right now. And so in the Old Testament, yes, God would speak to a lot of people. And even in the New Testament, it did happen. Yes, it did happen. But one example I think of is when God had to get Saul of Tarsus attention and he had to speak in an audible voice. He had to come in a blinding light to the man. And why is that? Saul was such a wretched sinner. There was no, he had to shake his world to get his attention and quit killing Christians and come over to Jesus. So it wasn't that Saul was so spiritual. It's that he was so far from God. And again, God can do anything he wants to do. And and I need to rephrase that. God can, all things are possible with God. I'm not going to go into explaining that whole statement. But but check it out. If God wants to speak audibly and, and visibly and physically to you, yes, he absolutely can. But don't wait for that before you Start listening to what he's already trying to say to you. Because a lot of times what I see is by the time it gets to God having to yell at you in an audible voice, it's because you probably haven't been so obedient the previous several times that he's speaking to you. And so I'm good if I don't ever hear that because I know when I get to heaven, oh yeah, I'm going to see him, I'm going to hear him, I'm going to touch him. It's going to be awesome. And until then, I walk by faith not by sight. Amen? All right. And here here we go again. I'm going to go on to the fourth thing here. And and this is probably, again, this is one of the major key ways God's going to speak to you. The biggest is through his word, but also this right here. This is another major key. It's through what we call the still, small voice. The still, small voice. Or a gentle whisper. And I want you to look here at 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Amen. And it's more important than ever as Christians that we know how to hear the voice of God. Because God's going to speak to you in these end times. He's going to tell you things that are to protect you and your family. He's going to tell you things that are going to help you make right decisions and choices for your life. But you need to be able to, to discern What's his voice and what's not his voice. So first Kings chapter 19. And we're going to look here at verses 11 through 12. And this is the Lord speaking to the prophet Elijah. And he was, he had been through a lot, man. He had, he had been running from, uh, from Jezebel and King Ahab. He was just, it was a, there were people out to get him and he needed to hear from God. But first Kings 19. I'm going to look at verse 11 in the New King James here. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Then he said, this is God speaking, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Imagine this. He's up on the mountain and here comes the Lord passing by him. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. And so most of us would think, wow, what a, what an incredible, intense experience. God's blowing through here and shaking things and the rocks are flying everywhere. But check it out. But the Lord was not in the wind. Wait, that wasn't God? It seems like something that spectacular, something that intense, something that's blowing my hair back. That, that had to be God. But no, the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind... There was an earthquake. And so there was a great shaking and oh my gosh, this is a, what a, what an experience. But check it out. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And wow, what a fiery, intense, incredible experience. But the Lord was not in the fire. But check it out. After the fire, there was a still, small voice. The New Living Translation says, a gentle whisper. And that's how the Lord chose to speak to Elijah that day. And sometimes we're so caught up in seeing the spectacular and, and oh man, I know if this happens over here, if there's a shaking, if there's a lot of noise, if there's this, then that's going to be God. Well, not necessarily. Maybe God isn't in the fire. Maybe God isn't in the earthquake. Maybe God's not blowing through and he's not the wind in this instance in your life. Maybe he's that still small, that gentle whisper just saying, hey, listen to me. Don't go over there. You don't need that. I've got something better. Knock it off. Quit touching that. Don't do that. There's better for you than that. God wants to speak to us through the still, small voice. This is so important for you to get. This is of utmost importance for you to get as a Christian. That God wants to speak to you through the still, small voice. And remember... The spirit of man is the Lord's lamp or the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man. And he's going to speak to your heart in this still, small voice. And the more sensitive that you get to listening to his gentle voice in your heart, the more clearly and the more often you can hear it. Now, it is possible that God speaks to you and you just don't listen. You reject it, you stiff arm it, you ignore it all the time. The more you ignore someone, the more you reject someone's voice. After a while, I mean, why would they want to keep talking to you? You don't even listen, right? And and when God is speaking to us and we just constantly ignore it, constantly push against it, we can sear our conscience. We can callous and harden our hearts where God's speaking, but you don't know it. You're hard-hearted. You've calloused your conscience. I remember Kenneth Hagin told this story when he was a young, young pastor. He like 18, 19 years old. He said that uh, he, he pastored this church way out in the country. And so he had to walk several miles out there like on Saturday. And he'd stay the weekend with this old farmer. Then on Mondays, he'd walk back into town. And he said this old farmer, this old guy, he would have his coffee on his old pot belly stove. This was like in the 1930s, okay? So... Uh, nearly a hundred years ago, this guy would have his coffee just boiling hot on the stove. He would just pick it up and just drink it right down, boiling hot, go all the way down. And Kenneth Hagin said, oh my gosh, it hurt my throat even think. How could somebody, how is that even physically possible? Well, when you have calloused yourself, when you have just pushed through the pain, when you've calloused it and hardened and 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 all this stuff, Things that used to burn you and hurt you and, and mess with you, you don't even feel it anymore. And it's the same way as a Christian. Things, you know, if you're not careful, things that when you were sensitive to God, you wouldn't listen to those anymore because those curse words on that show, they would just hurt you. And you're like, oh, I can't, I can't even listen to that. But the more you push through it, after a while, things that should bother you don't bother you anymore. You've calloused yourself to them. Places you used to go, things you used to look at, things you used to listen to, people you used to be around. When you were around them, oh, I, I just feel dirty. I feel wrong. I don't, I don't want to be around them. 
But the more you push through that and ignore the voice of God, after a while, it doesn't bother you anymore at all. Is it because God quit speaking? No. You have calloused and hardened your heart from the voice of God and the spirit of God. And you've seared your conscience with a hot iron. That's what Paul said in Timothy. He said some people, by refusing to listen, they have seared their conscience with a hot iron and they'll pay the price for it. I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't want to be in that category. So it's important to you to learn to listen to the still small voice, the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit to your heart. Now, the world would put it this way, let your conscience be your guide. And that's, that's, that is good advice if you don't have a seared conscience. If you don't have a calloused, dirty conscience. But, as a child of God, I don't have a dirty, seared, calloused, nasty conscience. I have a clean conscience before God and man. Amen. And so if my heart is not, here's another good word. You know, it's hard to sometimes put these things into our modern English, but another great way of putting it is God will nudge your heart a little bit instead of smacking you and getting the bullhorn. Listen to me. No, you're just feeling God nudging you. No, 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 no. Don't go there. No, don't say that. Do not. How many times you're about to say something. uh, This happens to me. And in my heart is like, do not say that. Don't say that. No, I've, you know, been dumb enough to push through and say it anyway. And I, and a lot of times I've, uh, you know what? I really want to say that, but I'm not going to say that right now. And that is the voice of the spirit nudging you as to what to do. That's hearing the voice of God. And sometimes we overlook the gentle whisper because we're looking for the fire. We're looking for the earthquake. We're looking for the wind to shake the rocks. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in a gentle whisper. He's nudging your heart. You know what? No. Or you need to go do that. You really do. He's nudging your heart. But you've got to listen. Look at John 16, 13. John 16, 13. And it's very important also that... I. This could have been a point on there, but that you don't mistake your surroundings and circumstances necessarily for the voice of God. Because one thing that I'm seeing right now, and I I mean every week, I hear people, man, we're leaving California. We're going to Florida. We're going to Texas. We're going to Oklahoma. We're moving to Montana. It's Montana. It's not my, okay. But you know, we're moving to Wyoming and, and that's all great. And man, I've been tempted. This place can be a little crazy, okay? If you're a conservative, God-fearing Christian, it's a little bit, goes against some of what we believe in. I get it. But don't think that God's calling you to get out of there. God didn't tell Daniel and the boys, get out of Babylon now. No, he, he, they walked through the fire and he was with them in the fire. Now God's going to call some people to do what they got to do, but don't think that just because we got some crazy people around here that all the Christians need to abandon ship and leave. This place is really doomed if the Christians all get up and pack up and move out of town. Jesus needs you where you're at. I'm just telling you now, Jesus needs you where you're at. And praise God for Texas and Florida. And I lived in Oklahoma. It's the buckle of the Bible belt. You think that you've seen Chris. I mean, that place is Christian and it's awesome and I love it. But if we all pile up over there and just leave the rest of the country to rot, that's not good. 
Jesus has a call for you in the end times. Amen. And it would be great if it was just huddle up with all the other Christians and put ourselves in hiding and, and all that's, you know, that'd be, but his calling is for you to be the light of the world. Your light shines brighter in a dark cave than it does in broad noon daylight sun. Just telling you, we need your light. Your light needs to shine where you're at. John 16, 13, John 16, 13, NLT, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, because he hadn't been poured out on everybody yet. He will guide you into all truth. Well, man, what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, one thing he does is he guides us into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The King James says he will tell you things to come. That's the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. But you've got to be listening. And he's, where, where does, what's the candle of the Lord? What is the lamp of the Lord? The spirit of man. Your heart. The spirit of man is where God's going to speak to you. And if we uh, if we are in tune with that, you're not going to hear the voice of God. And notice this. It even says he will tell you about the future. I love that. What an advantage you have that you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you'll listen, he will tell you about the future. Does that mean that he's not your, you know, he's not your genie. He's not your crystal ball. Oh, no, no, knock that off. But he will tell you things that you actually need to know. About your future. He may say, you know what? It's time for you to leave that job. Why, God? Well, just trust me. Just do it. And why? Well, then you find out six months later, they laid everybody off. But you were ahead of the game. Maybe. Or maybe God's saying, no, I know everyone's trying to bail. But you stay here. Because there's something good coming. He will tell you about the future. Things that you need to know. Right? He will tell you things that you need to know. And someone says, well, I never hear that stuff. Maybe you've seared your conscience. Maybe you've calloused your heart from hearing from God. I don't know. But get into his word, and when you feel him nudging you, even on little tiny things. Sometimes he may say, hey, don't go to Walmart today. Go to Stater Brothers. And that must sound silly, but I'm not being silly. Sometimes it starts with just little tiny things like that, where God's just a little nudge. Just a little nudge. Just a little whisper. And if we will listen to the little whispers then he can start telling you bigger things. But I'm not going to tell you big, deep, wonderful secrets if you don't listen to anything I say anyway. Why would I tell you a bunch of stuff if you can't even listen to little tiny things? Those who are faithful with little will be faithful or ruler over much. Amen? And so this is just kind of a a bonus section to my message here. (laughs) Bonus section. A few hindrances to your hearing, okay? A few hindrances, things that could stop you from hearing from God. So one thing would be, Sin. Sin. Because we're talking about listening to the Holy Spirit. One of the key words to Holy Spirit is holy. He's holy. And so if we are constantly, you know, if we're doing things that uh, are sinful and we know it and we are not addressing those things, okay, I get it. No one's perfect. We're not talking about you being perfect. But if you are blatantly doing something that you know is wrong... The Holy Spirit's not going to come in and just have free course to speak to you and lead you and guide you and and just tell you all these wonderful things. No, he's the Holy Spirit. And so if we're just going to blatantly, unrepentantly, uh, you know, stubbornly hold on to sin, then no, you're not going to hear the voice of God in your life. Another thing is carnality. 
You like that word? Carnality. And, you know, the scripture tells us about being carnal. It even says uh, about being carnally minded. Well, what's carnal? That's not a word, again, that we use a whole lot. But carnal, it means of the flesh. A carnal person is someone that is ruled by their flesh. And, you know, I've, Andrew Womack talks about this word, but carnal, uh, it, it, you know, it really, it means more of a meat. You know, it, even in, in Spanish, you got like chili con carne, right? It comes from carne, carnal, same Latin root word here. And what does that mean? Basically, uh, you're a meat, a meathead. If you're carnally mind, you're a meathead. <laughs> you just, you know, whatever. You live by the meat. You live by the flesh, and I apologize for my terrible Spanish to every Hispanic person in here. I see you staring. I, I, I tried, okay? I tried. I love you so much. But anyway, but you get the point that, man, it's like you're carnally minded. It means you're a meathead. Like, come on. Listen to God. And so when we are carnal, that means God may be trying to speak to you, but you listen more to your flesh and your senses then you do the spirit of God. The spirit could clearly be saying, no, 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 no. But the flesh is saying, yes, yes, yes. A carnal person said, well, hey, yes. Don't be carnally minded. That will stop you from hearing the voice of God. If you play 15 hours of games on your phone a day, listen to the news and and spend all your time on social media and, and nonstop and then give God two minutes of Bible time in the morning, you're carnal. You're carnal. You rely more on on that than on the Bible. I'm not saying you're bad. I'm not saying you're a terrible person, but you are carnal. And so carnal doesn't even necessarily mean that you're a rank, terrible sinner. It just means that you're of the flesh. You rely more on your flesh and senses than you do God. And I don't want to be carnally minded. I want to be spiritually minded so I can hear the voice of God. Another hindrance to you hearing the voice of God, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. You know, we, we talk about th- this type of thing all the time, but unforgiveness, that'll harden your heart. Amen. And, you know, we've, I, we've done so many teaching on this that I'm not going to go into a great big discourse on it. But just know this, that we have to walk in love and in forgiveness if we're going to have a, a clear pathway in our lives. Faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love. And so if we don't have love, but we're just full of bitterness and, and resentful, don't expect that to be a clear heart that God can speak into. We're talking about a clear, clean heart. And finally, the last winner on this uh, section, all right, hindrances to hearing God's voice is disobedience. And again, why would God want to keep giving you directions and instructions if you don't even didn't even listen to the last thing he said? Disobedience will absolutely push the mute button on God speaking into your life. You know, I, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's simple. You know, why would you, if you keep telling somebody, you know, hey, I need you to do this, I need you, and they don't ever listen, I'll, I'll find someone else that'll listen, right? I'll find someone else to get the job done. And if we are consistently disobedient, again, that comes down to, callousing our hearts to hardening our hearts to searing our conscience through disobedience that's not a heart that god can speak to and listen to you on so i'm going to bring it all in to this right here it is vitally important as 
end times Christians, and I've used this phrase, but you are an end times Christian. This is the end times. It's super important for you to be able to clearly hear the voice of God. Well, there's not a lot of room for mistake right now. I mean, I, it's, I don't want to make some big decision because I, you know, got scared or because somebody told me to, and it was the wrong decision. I don't want to be out of the will of God right now. I never do, but right now in these end times, I want to be in the will of God and I want to hear the voice of God. We've talked about some very clear, basic ways tonight that you can hear the voice of God through his word and through listening to the gentle whisper, the still small voice, the nudging in your heart. Those are some of the absolute main ways that God is going to speak to you and you've got to listen when he speaks so you don't shut the voice of God off in your life. You've got to listen and not harden your heart and you will not regret it. God will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will show you things about your future that you need to know so you and your family can be safe and so you can succeed and thrive in these end times. Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I, I pray that everybody was able to, to receive from that tonight. And, and I know that some people needed to hear that because uh, the Lord really uh, just really spoke to me before church and said, hey, you need to talk about that tonight. So praise God. Well, I'm going to go ahead and have my uh, prayer team come on up for a few minutes here. And before we close out, hey, it's me and dad tonight. <laughs> We're good guys. We like to pray for people. So if you want to, you know, if you need prayer, come to, but, uh, if you need prayer tonight, amen, we want to agree with you by faith that God's going to move in your life and, and cause things to happen. But if not, let's just take a few minutes to worship the Lord together as we close out. And Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. We love you. Oh, how we love you. 
out tonight. I pray everybody received from the word of God and got some direction and some teaching uh, in their life tonight, how we can hear the voice of the Lord clearly in our lives. Amen. Well, we have, of course, have service on Wednesday at seven o'clock. So be here. It is going to be absolutely awesome. And uh, we're just we're tackling 2022 for Jesus. It's going to be a wonderful year. And we believe that and we confess that now. Amen. Let's go ahead and and we're going to pray tonight. And then we're going to close out with our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And Lord, we know it's true, God. And we know that you do. You desire to speak to us, God. You're not trying to keep secrets away from us. You're trying to reveal your will and your secrets to us, Lord. And so I pray in Jesus' name that we will be people of your word, that we will be sensitive to listen to your voice when you speak to our hearts, God. And we thank you that we hear from you and we are led by you. We are guided by you every step of the way. And you can use us to be the light of the world in these dark times. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Wednesday.